Okay, so I had a vision this morning. I woke up. Um, I was in a church. I think this was Pastor uh, Marcus Rogers Church. Excuse me, Brother Marcus Rogers Church. I was in a church, and um, we were in the back, all the way at the back pews. And um, it was my brother's, my brother's baby's mother. He has two children with, um, she was, um, at the church as well. And, um, I was standing there and I don't know what was going on, but it was like, it just feeling like, don't talk, don't say anything. Don't talk, don't, you know, don't feed into it because they're going to fall into it. And like, you know. They're going to be able to manipulate and humiliate you and, and different things like that. So I don't know what was going on, but all I know is I saw a black ski mask on my face. That I was struggling to look out of. And um, for a second, I felt tall and I felt shorter. And it's like it was uh, maybe a perspective that was analyzing the height. And I don't know, maybe that was, you know, me trying to get a good um, perspective or, or just a good like... Um, idea of who it was because oftentimes I'm showing up as different people I'm not always showing up as myself and I don't know if it was me with this ski mask going in church but I was in church and um this individual it seemed as if they were laughing and joking and being really wicked in a church and I was just so upset with myself for not listening when I heard this voice kind of say don't say anything don't feed into anything you know, just uh, focus on the Lord, do what you can to fight it and they'll pass because I felt like in a way I almost allowed them to disrespect, you know, Brother Marcus Rogers and the church and Jesus Christ and, you know, and God's, you know, temple and God's church, you know, and I, I, I had to take accountability for not following directions, even though it was not me. And I wouldn't want to disrespect God, you know, I had to take accountability. But also at the same time, another reason why I allowed it to happen, because when I woke up, I analyzed, like, what was really going on. Another reason I allowed it to happen for a second is because um, it feels as if the Lord is telling me to challenge these things. Like, there are different things going on in my life going on in my family's lives, going on in our lives, that it's like, um, there are dark spirits hidden behind things. They're hidden behind conversations. They're hidden behind actions. They're hidden behind, you know, um, people. And in order for you to get to these dark spirits and, and get them away and like, you know, um, pray them away and like, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to encamp whatever individual, whatever person, whatever actions being done to allow Jesus to guide you in your actions. You have to challenge these spirits. You have to charge them because the fact of the matter is they're here now. I wish that I had done everything that God told me to do when he told me to do it. I really do. And, and he had told me years ago, he said, I tell you every day over and over and over and over and over again about your sin over and over and over again. I warn you against your sin, but you're hard headed and you run right into it no matter how many times I tell you. But I'm telling you, one day is going to come the day where you're going to have to reap the consequences that you've sown concerning your sin 
And on that day, I'm going to be the one laughing. And um, he was so serious. I had to take him serious. I knew there was a promise. And um, when I heard that, I said, you know, God is right. He's always telling me not to do something, not to, like, repeatedly not to go in a certain direction. I always still go in that direction. I'm hard-headed. But um, I felt that maybe it was still a chance. And I felt like on that day, not to reap my consequences. Like, I can tell by the way that the Lord is telling me that it will be so much more than I can even anticipate or be able to handle. I can't say that I'll handle it when it comes or anything like that arrogantly. What I'll say is that I'm going to do what I can to not let go of God. I'm going to do what I can to still fight and still be a good person. And hopefully, you know, be led in the Lord's direction. Because, you know, in these times, what you can do is you can turn around, you can curse God's name and say, I hate God. I'm done with God. I don't care. I'm not doing the right thing. I'm not going to be, you know, a child of God anymore. Then if he wants me to have to reap consequences to these different actions or different sins, and I'm going the opposite direction. I'll do whatever I want. I'm going to turn against, you know, God and the children of God. And I'm going to come against his kingdom. I'm going to join forces with the kingdom of Satan. And I'm going to be the worst person I could ever be then. Or you could say, I'm going to accept my consequences. I'm going to do whatever I can to get through them hopefully the lord shows pity and mercy and grace on my soul and he spares me enough to still have a life for a future because that's the best option for you is to accept judgment and repent for all that you've done no matter how hard it is and there's going to come times where you feel as if i wonder if it's the best option just to curse his name and be done with them and join force with the kingdom of satan because it hurts so bad but you know, that's not smart. You'll never win that battle. Satan has never won. So, you know, you, you're only really, it feels like the only real option, though it's not the only option. It's always another option, but it feels like the only real option is to repent and be judged, accept your consequences, move forward, you know, and be better. Allow the situation to tailor you and, um, transform you into the person that you are meant to be in God where you're no longer gravitating towards a sin that, that caused you so much harm but um I don't know lately I just had been um wondering about that obviously I know and I understand that I have to you know that I've, I've come to this point where I am doing what I can to be led in the Lord's direction where I'm trying to, I'm doing everything I can to accept accountability for everything that I've done while also, you know, taking into account that, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these things that's going on, a lot of the stuff that's being said and done to me, it's not my fault. It's really not my fault. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's so messed up because it's like it's mixed in with the consequences of my sin, which makes it so confusing, you know, because when you start to take accountability for what isn't your fault and, you know, it's like the enemy is confusing me. It's like this part isn't your fault, but this part is. And it's like he's got it backwards. He has me denying, you know, what is my fault. and He has me accepting consequences to what isn't. There's different individuals that, um that have come against me in my lifetime. They've placed different things on me in order to create a delay or, you know, to hinder my future and my destiny. 
Ultimately, they won't be able to do that because the Lord said they cannot stop my destiny. But the fact of the matter is, is that that is not my fault. It's not my fault that they did that. But also at the same time, you know, to a certain extent, accountability has to be taken in order to be able to be freed of whatever it is that they're doing. You know, you have to take a certain amount of accountability. When I say that, what I what I mean by when I say that is that you have to take enough accountability to get on your knees and pray and say, Lord, cover me with the blood of Jesus. Free me from whatever it is that they've placed on me. Because if you're saying that's not my fault, I don't have to do anything that's not fair. You know, it's not fair that they did this and I'm suffering. And why isn't God doing something about this? Why would he allow that to happen? The Bible says no curse. No curse that is, you know, no curse will fall on you that isn't meant to be there. That doesn't have a reason for being there, you know, or if, or if I hope I'm, I'm not rephrasing that wrong, but no curse a lit, no curse a lit. So, um, for me. I'm just doing what I can to be led by the Lord to feel my way through whatever spirits that is going on. I can't hear the spirits in my home. I can't hear them, you know, uh, around around my home. I can hear them. They're in my mind. They're in my head. They're in my heart. They are in my room. They are everywhere. Anywhere I would want to be, anywhere I plan on going, they are there. These spirits, these dark spirits are there and they are laughing so wickedly and they have such wicked intentions. And you would think that, you know, they would all be reflective of a certain kind of attitude and mostly, yeah, they are. But these are different people. These are different people that these spirits have possessed. These people, they actually are, you know, they they are deceived. They don't understand what they are into they don't understand what all comes with everything that they're you know into and what's going on with them but what you do what what does happen is that um they are in a way coming into agreement with these different spirits willing to work on the opposite side on the on the side of dark or evil then they are willing to work on the side of good it's never good because it's miserable, and it seems as if the consequences of that aren't always immediate. The reason why I feel like the consequences aren't always immediate is because as long as the devil keeps you looking like there's no consequences or there's no downside to choosing what you've chosen, and other people will choose it too because it's easier. It's easier to not take accountability for your for your wrong. It's easy. It's easier to not accept consequences for your sin. It's easier to not you know, be transformed and do better and turn away from sin. So the devil wants you to look like you're winning right now. He's not going to allow other people to see, you know, that you're suffering. So it seems that maybe even happens in secret or it happens way later when no one's even paying attention anymore. That's when you suffer because the devil wants to be able to lead as many people astray around you as he possibly can right now. If there's many people looking at you right now, he's going to make it look like you're winning because he doesn't want people to see the real consequences of your actions because then people will be like, oh, no, I don't want those consequences. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to do what's right. He doesn't want anybody to see the bad, but only the good. And what is even good about that? Well, you get to not take accountability for your actions and you get to inflict more pain on others instead of pain being inflicted on you for what you're doing. And um, 
it seems as if you get to have fun and laugh while other people suffer and do hard work and hard labor. And, and you know, it seems like you it'll never just not be that easy. Things come so easy to you and, you know, like they'll last forever and you'll never have to answer for anything. You'll get away with everything and everybody is just worshiping you and bow down at your feet and you have all the power and everything. But it's not the case. It doesn't last. And, you know, unfortunately, consequences are, you know, do come back around. And if you don't accept consequences when you have the opportunity to, they'll just add up and be worse, more worse later. So I know that, but it's not going to be oftentimes a lot of confirmation on that. I feel like especially in the circumstance, the situation as of recent where different individuals, they're just going to be able to look like they're laughing and winning and getting away with it forever. And I just have to suffer through that. I don't get the satisfaction of seeing the consequences of that in order to, you know, shape me back into the direction I should be going and keep me on point. Only only thing that I have to keep me on point right now is the consequences to my own actions. I know that what I've done before has gotten me in this position. I don't want to have reaped more, you know, heaping coals on my head later. I don't want to reap more consequences. So... Um, that being said, you know, um, it feels like the Lord is just introducing so many, so many different things right now. And I'm doing everything that I can to be humbled, you know, to be humbled and remember all that the Lord has taken me through in order to wake me up and soften my heart and humble me so that I can be transformed. Now, Lately, I have been feeling like a little frustrated. I've been feeling like, um, why, why, um, why does it feel like things are so much harder for me? Why does it feel like so much more is required of me? Why does it feel like I have to do so much more work than anybody else around me? So many different other people. It's like they do small little things. They do this and they do that. And that's enough. They're good. They're, they've done it. It's done. You know, but then when it comes to me, it's like I have so much more work to do. I have all this work to do. The fact of the matter is I cannot compare my walk with God with theirs because, all you know, a lot of the filthy sin that I have, you know, participated in, they may not have gone anywhere near. Or maybe they've been a lot worse. It doesn't matter. You're not supposed to compare your walk with someone else because, you know, you're not being judged the same. So I understand that, but also at the same time, it feels like, to be quite honest, the Lord is showing me that some people are just okay with minimal work being done. They only want to do so much. They're okay with things not being done, you know, as much, not doing as much as they can for God and not, not reaching certain levels with the Lord. They're okay with that. You know, I want to be honest about that, but also at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm really talking about, because that's quite obvious. I'm really talking about the ones that have done the work that the Lord has required of them. It's not that they're not reaching certain levels with the Lord. They've done it. That's what the Lord asked them to do. That's what the Lord had for them to do. And it's not a lot of work. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, how come so much is required of me? Seem like I did the same thing, if not less than them. But still, so much more is required of me. Well, I'm reminded of the Lord's words. He said to me, um, it's great work, but it comes with great reward. It comes with great reward. And um, 
to whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. So I'm seeing that the Lord is calling me to new levels. He's freeing me of different chains I've been in since I was a child, since childhood. He's exposing a lot of the different things that have gone on in my life. Different things that were placed on me without fault. And then different things that I've, you know, I've, I've reaped, you know, or excuse me, I've, yes, I've sown and I've reaped, you know, um, due to my own actions and consequences of my own sin. But, um, I don't know, you know, in this, in this vision, I was in church and Mark Rogers was sitting in the back pews with us, with his family. And, um, you know, my brother's baby mother and her two daughters were there and all Marcus Rogers' sons were there. And um, I had a ski mask on. I was about to turn around and walk right out to church. But um, it was so much conversation going on. Like, so many different people were talking at once. It's like they were talking about, uh, they were bringing up different times when I would, you know, um, when I remember that my, my dad would take us to church. He started taking us to church and, like, his wife had to run out every five seconds, you know, maybe to smoke or something like that. They were bringing up when I was thinking about that and I was bringing that up. You know, the thing is, I didn't really intend to make fun of her for that. But it was the fact that um, I had sensed that it was dark spirits connected to her, that, my, that it's possible that she was you know, dark and wicked. And, you know, when I had noticed that every five seconds she ran out of the church and I noticed a look on her face of conviction in the church and different things like that, now she couldn't sit still, so much going on. Honestly, I did feel bad for her, but it's just like different things I noticed and I feel like it was overemphasizing the process of what's going on because when I started trying to figure out what was placed on me, what was being done to me, who put this witchcraft on me and what, who was actually attacking me after my life. You know, I just started thinking about details like that. And it felt as if I was putting all the blame on her when it was like the Lord, you know, is exposing a lot of different people in the process that were actually very much responsible for a lot of things being done. But um, I think that it's a torture and a torment of Satan because you are not aware of oftentimes a lot of times where these different things are coming from or the direction that these things are coming from. Maybe it is coming in that that. that coming in that direction or coming from that direction but it's coming from so many other directions as well satan is torturing you and tormenting you and kind of in a way mocking you because you are not aware of everything and everyone who's actually come up against you with witchcraft in your lifetime you may think i know this person i know that person and satan is mocking you for how many more you have no idea of that's what i think that it was but um in a way you know each Satan is trying to flip it on me and become abusive and belittle and berate me to make me feel like you abused this woman and you blamed her and you accused her of putting witchcraft on you and you just did that because you didn't want to blame anyone else or you didn't want to call anybody else out for putting witchcraft on you. You knew all these people were putting witchcraft on you. You knew. And it's like, um, I didn't know. But even if I did know, I didn't mean for it to be, you know... I didn't mean for it to be like a super abusive situation. Me bringing it up and trying to figure out and trying to put pieces together in order to really figure out when this witchcraft was put on me, why, who, you know, where. It's not me trying to abuse the people who's done it. It's not me. It's not in a way me trying to abuse the people who've done it. Even though 
at one point I was I was I wasn't as mature and maybe I would have said you know abusive words and since I've learned not to abuse people back for abusing you but um you know still it was never on that level where like like it's like demonic torture to hear about it so much to have to go through it over and over and over again satan like it's it's so clear that it's satan but isn't that a blessing isn't that a blessing you know it's the most obvious the most out there and the most forefront thing that i'm dealing with is abuse belittlement belittling beratement and um torture and torment that's the most obvious and most forefront you know signs of what i'm dealing with but behind in the background what is being what is happening is the lord is allowing these individuals to expose themselves the lord is freeing me of chains he's answering prayers and questions he is um he's guiding me in the direction of you know different individuals away from different individuals who are who intend to abuse and belittle and berate me for the rest of my life or somehow seek to control and manipulate my life for who knows how long. You know, he is freeing me of these things. And that's, you know, what it that's what is not so obvious. And I think that the that Satan wants to keep all of this abuse and all these other things on the forefront and obvious and in in the in the forefront, like in, in all obviously in your face and blocking everything else that's going on because he wants to distract you from all that the Lord is doing. And he wants to discourage you so that this season of breakthrough can be disguised as, you know, um, torture and torment. He doesn't, he's so, he's possibly so angry and so envious so jealous of your future and your destiny and the fact that he can't keep you from it or stop you that he wants to he wants you to be down he wants to steal your joy he wants to torture and torment you in this season to keep you from celebrating all that the lord is rewarding you answers to your prayers and freedom you know and um your destiny he's a he's rewarding you your destiny he's awarding you your destiny so um, I'm very grateful. And what was happening in the vision is that, you know, it was a conversation where I started to blame myself. I started to blame myself for how things were going. And, um, as soon as I blame myself or I, um, I start to feel like I'm losing. I start to feel like it's no, it's just no use. There's no point in fighting. There's no point in having hope. There's no point in having joy in God. That's when they think that it's safe to, you know, you know, um, that's what, that's when they believe that it's safe to, to expose the different stuff that's going on. So as they think that I've given up there's they think it's safe to let things slip through the cracks. And what I realized was that Throughout this entire process, I hadn't seen much of my brother's baby mother's daughters. And something happened in the past where, you know, they, you know, because of me and, and my sin, you know, and different things concerning, you know, different, um, different, um, concerns that I may have had that, that also got mixed in with just like revenge and wanting revenge, um, because of these different things, um, they got caught in a crossfire. They got caught in a crossfire, these things. 
And um, I, I wanted to know in this process that, you know, it seems that in this process, I've seen my brother's sons. I've seen my other nieces and nephews. And it seems as if they are being, you know, impacted by the Lord, that the Lord is, that they're being saved. You know, I prayed over my different nieces and nephews, cousins, etc. I've prayed over them and um, I just want them to know the Lord. I just want them to be saved. I just want them to have a relationship with God at all. And so I wish the same for her daughters. And so throughout this process, because I hadn't seen much of them, I had seen, you know, other kids in my family but because I hadn't seen much of these kids I wondered whether they had the Lord in their life whether they were saved because I know that you know after everything I've gone through with everything that's been exposed in my life not not to guarantee that these things will even happen to them and I don't want to even speak that over their lives but I just want to acknowledge you know my fears and concerns concerning these things you know, because of these things that's been exposed, the witchcraft in my family and the different things that, you know, different people in my family have participated in that I wasn't aware of. You know, it's created this um this urge to want to protect them with the Holy Spirit, to want to protect them with the blood of Jesus and pray over their lives so that they don't have to grow older and they don't have to break these same chains off of me. Like, hopefully it's possible that the Lord breaks generational curses off of our bloodline. And create generational wealth so that they don't have to grow up and fight the same demons and have to go through the same entire process of abuse and torture and torment and being broken down and beaten down, you know, to the point where they can't reach their goals and their destiny in life. I don't want them to have to suffer this same torture and torment because as I've said, while a lot of this is a consequence to my own sin, a lot of this is also not my fault. It's been placed on me for various different reasons. A lot of different individuals have decided that they wanted to do this. This is not all my fault. And I don't want a lot of these kids in my family to have to go through the same thing. So I'm praying. I'm asking the Lord. And I'm I'm wanting to for him to have covered them with the blood of Jesus. I'm wanting him to have saved them. To have cared for them. And um. In the background of this vision, what happens is, you know, my brother's baby mother, her kids, they are talking to us while we are having these conversations and we are distracted and Satan believe he's got me. I hear the girls saying, what wait, y'all are talking in church and y'all are not focusing on God and y'all are not supposed to be, you know, arguing in church and I even heard her say to her mom, mom, you have your phone out in church. You're supposed to be focusing on the sermon. You're supposed to be focusing on the Lord in church right now. And I just realized, like, it feels like she's been here, you know, throughout this process. And she does care about God and she is being reached. So I realized that in the background of that, the Lord was confirming things. He was confirming that. You know, God has her. God has got them. And we are really covered. Satan just wants to overwhelm us right now. He wants to overwhelm us with the frustrations of the torture and the torment of everything that he's doing. See, you know, he's possessed different people around us to distract us from what's being done to discourage us. So that when the Lord is doing the most for you, you believe he's doing nothing. You know, and when Satan is doing nothing, you believe he's doing the most. So he just he just wants to he just wants to deceive right now. He just wants to deceive. And 
I can see that the Lord is exposing things, but you have to be in a place of recept. Like you have to be receptive. You have to be allowing the Lord into your heart. You have to be hearing him when he is speaking because he's not going to scream over Satan. He's just not going to scream over these dark spirits that are laughing and mocking and teasing and tormenting. He's not going to, you know, fight to have your attention. You have to fight to keep your attention on God. That's what you have to do. So I'm realizing that and I knew that. And um, it's just another reminder this morning about that. So um, I got up and I fell asleep listening to the Bible, but it was just certain things going on. But um, I'll go down my timeline and I find this YouTube page called The Windlows. And um, the first video pops up just, just showed up five days ago. This man, he tithed, he tithed to this church. And then this man who was handling the tithes and offerings, he was stealing from the church. His wife warned and warned and warned him not to steal from this church. He um, He stole anyways and he didn't. He didn't, um, he didn't show any remorse because he said, um, the pastor eats the church's money. He eats the church's money. So what is the difference between what am I, what am I, what am I am doing? What I am doing. She warned him not to take from the church, but he ate the church's money. He ate the money that he stole. And, um, the man who tithed, he prayed over the money before he tithed it. But um, what happened was um, in this in this um, in this video, the dark spirit came for the man because you know they sensed that the tithes didn't go where they were supposed to go, and um, the dark spirit couldn't touch the man, and they said, "Wait." Why, why is it I can't touch this man? And they said, because the times aren't going where they're supposed to go. In, but, but this individual did what they were supposed to do with the times. So this dark spirit went to find where the times are going. And they found this man who was spending the times on money and eating, excuse me, spending the times on food and eating up the times that he had stolen. This dark spirit, you know, placed disease and sickness on this man. The pastor came and and explained why, you know, what was going on was going on and why you need to um, be careful. You never take from the church, you know, and um, this man is just begging for prayer while he's sitting there, you know, stuck and sick and, you know, and, and, and just played with a very, very bad sickness. And I think that in my heart, what it did was it brought into perspective why it's necessary to listen to God because even though it feels like our sin isn't as bad as that. Like, I'm not stealing from the church. That's a new level of sin. No, it isn't. All sin is equal. Anything that you are doing could have been placed in place of whatever it is that he's doing. And it would have meant the same thing. You would have still been held responsible for that. So even if you are just lying or even if you are just cheating or even if you are just um not tithing at all, not going to church at all, not praying at all, you know, even if you are just, you know, thinking bad thoughts about people or wishing bad on others or just not keeping your heart and thinking about God and all that you do, you know, different things like that could have replaced 
you know, him stealing the tithe and it would have still been the same thing. These dark spirits have access to you because of what you're not doing. So it just convicted me. It just convicted me and it made me feel like, um, I know the Lord is talking to me. He's talking to me because this is how I feel each and every single time. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like a dark spirit just comes upon me and just like plagues me to sickness to my bed like I can't get up I'm stuck to my bed and I feel like when I listen to the Bible I'm being convicted by the Lord he's showing me he's telling me it's you know it's because of what I'm not doing so regardless of whether it was my fault that they put the witness consequences to the sin or or just because or just they decided to put witchcraft on me it still ultimately falls on me because of what I'm not doing because if I were being faithful if i were following the commandments if i were abiding by every law in the bible if i were staying true to the lord and you know repenting for everything then they still wouldn't have access to me so it does fall down to my accountability and that's just what i i got from it but um also what i noticed was um there was another there was another one i don't know if i necessarily agree with this one but um, I do see that there was uh, a lot of truth to it as well, though. There was this woman, she had a daughter, and her, her daughter had a friend. And her friend was failing, and the mother wanted her friend to switch places with her because she was top of the class, and her friend was failing in class. So her mother gave her, a, you know, a... a um, a cursed chain a cursed necklace and um the girl knew about it as well it's supposed to be her best friend but um the mother she wanted her to switch places as far as grades and the daughter didn't tell her what she had got you know from her mother and it's amazing because this vision excuse me this this video is something that the lord had been telling me for so long he's been talking to me about this for a year and i personally didn't know you know why specifically he was talking to me because it seems there's no kids around me that are going to school I'm out of school now so it seemed like it didn't directly affect me but I said just because the Lord keeps showing me this and leading me and guiding me to this understanding I'm just going to keep it in mind and you know do what I can to get to it you know in prayer you know to care for these things as well you know and to remember that, you know, kids can go to school and they can be cursed and different things can happen to them because the Lord kept leading me to that word. And I kept feeling like I don't have any kids. I probably won't have kids for years that's going to have, that's going to be going to school. And so, you know, I guess maybe the Lord is preparing me for the future that I want because he's showing me that, you know, um, these things need to be considered. Don't forget about it. You know, put it on your schedule to pray over school, to pray over them every morning before they go to school, every day when they come back. And it's probably best that you prepare lunches at home because you just don't know how the food is being prepared at school, different things like that. He was just showing me and guiding me to this word, and it was starting to feel like a lot of work. Every time it's starting to feel like a lot of work, but I think that that's just the devil trying to discourage me. It's all possible. And I want this future. I want these things to work out. And um, if it scares me that you would be doing everything you're supposed to be doing at home, but you can send them to school and these things can still happen to them. So I think that that is like why the Lord is, you know, showing me these different things because it's a test of faith. 
when things like that happen. When you pray and you cover your house with the blood of Jesus and you stay away from sin and you're doing everything you possibly can and being everything you possibly can be for the Lord, but you send them to school and this thing still, you know, get to them. That's so sad to me. But, um, you know, school is, is back, you know, in um, session right now. Everybody's going back to school and like it's like the Lord on schedule every single time. For so for a while, he's just been telling me about this school stuff. So he wants me to pray over these children, even though I don't have kids. He wants me to pray over these children that's going back to school right now. He knows that I care about kids. He wants me to pray over them. He wants me to pray over the situation. He wants me to take these things into account. And it's sad to me because it's like I've encountered the different individuals that are, you know, um, wicked. And they are, you know, not only not saved, but not wanting their children to be saved. And they're sending their children with the beliefs that it's okay to behave like that. And your kid might run into this kid. And um, this kid can, you know, get offended by something that your child has said because the, the hate is tall. You know, these different individuals, they are offended when I bring up God. They are offended when I bring up Jesus Christ and the blood that covers our families and, you know, how he brings us out and how he condemns and convicts wickedness. They are offended. They teach their children to be offended by these things. These children will go to school and your child may say something like, thank you, Jesus, you know, for a good A or, or a, a A on their paper or something. And all of a sudden there's a kid in class that wants to curse them because they've learned it from their parents because, you know, they said the name of Jesus, you know, that hate is taught. Your kid may be going to school with these, you know, witches that they're training up to be witches and wizards and warlocks, etc. Yes, they are only children, but as I said, hate is taught, and they're learning from their their parents. They're learning from at home, and they're taking this stuff to school. It's sad, you know. I had my first mind when the Lord sent this to me like two or three years ago. I had my first mind to like never send my children to public school, like they can, you know go to school from home but then I realized like this world is tough you can't shield them from it forever and they're going to have to learn social skills they're going to have to learn how to you know overcome in this world because they're going to have to you know they're going to have to overcome this world like Jesus did one way or another you can't shield them from everything though you may want to and it's just going to be hard so you just have to teach them how to deal with situations like that and it's sad because you have to risk you know life-threatening situations children go to school and don't come back they're shooting schools up they are you know buses are crashing and everybody on those buses are dying and that may even be due to witchcraft because there are so many videos of different former witches talking about how they caused traffic accidents whole buses you know everybody was killed on that bus and the only people who survived were the ones who prayed before they left out the house that morning like these things matter and um you might think that it's harsh like god is not merciful he's not gracious if he allows stuff like this to happen he is so merciful and gracious we live in such a wicked world and it's the consequence of our own sin we have no one to blame but ourselves and so it's just sad so um lately i've been considering a possibility that i may end up with the future that the lord has shown me before concerning the suburban home with um the husband and the one kid and 
you know, away from my family, at peace with God for the rest of my life. You know, I may end up in that position despite all that, you know, it feels that I've gone through. And um, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about what the Lord has shown me, what it felt like. Um, I know that the Lord says specifically, choose this life. Choose this life and be in peace forever. Trust me on this. Because the money, the mansions, the big driveways, and the big home is not worth it. You know, and it's amazing. He says specifically the big driveway, you know. Like, it's not that I particularly honed in or, or wanted so bad or desired to have such a big driveway. But I do a lot of times feel attracted to big driveways. It's not even really the big home, but just the big, long driveway. I always thought that that was really attractive and amazing so you know it's amazing how the lord you know you know identified that inside of myself even when i was possibly still in denial about the different things that i really do want in life and um he said trust me choose this over the big driveways and you know the the fancy lifestyle and 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 the the fame and the attention you know and the fortune and um I was like, Lord, it's not that I have to have fame and attention and fortune. You know, it's just that I want to accomplish different things I feel that you've placed inside of me. I want to impact the world on a big level. You know, I want to change the world. And, um, you know, I was, I guess I was saying I need a million dollars to do that. And the Lord was saying, you don't need a million dollars to change the world. And I'm going to show you. And, you know, um, looking back on these different things, um, I don't know if it's too late because the Lord said, never leave your hometown. Stay here. Get like a desk job that is helping families, possibly like a social worker or something like that, you know, to impact people, still be able to impact and change lives. But excuse me, maybe not on like this international level. And um, um, I left my hometown anyways and he gave me an assignment and assignment. I have here, you know, I, I think that I have yet to complete. So I know that I have to complete this assignment. But lately I've been feeling like maybe this assignment is already complete because I'm exhausted. I'm tired. See, one thing about this vision that I felt like I did, this video that I felt like I didn't agree with was the fact that this woman, she prayed over her daughter after she found out that this necklace was cursing. That's why her grades were slipping. She prayed over her daughter and prayed over her and prayed over her. And the little girl who had um whose mother had cursed her to have the better grades. She told the little girl, "My mom says you and your family are evil and I we're, we'll never be friends again." And she walks away from her. And then I guess the message is um when you pray over somebody in order to cut ties with different individuals that you feel are you know um when you pray over someone in order to cut ties with evil spirits, these people walk out of your life and you are blessed because they walked out of your life. And I and I'm believing that that's the message I've heard it time and time and time and time again. And it feels like when you hear something so often, when you hear wisdom so often, that must make it true. Right. And maybe if you don't understand it now, you'll come to understand it later. But. um, Sometimes there's rare exceptional situations where it seems that the Lord shows you differently. Um, I don't want to defend something I might still have to figure out or learn later. But what it seems is if that, you know, if I would have walked away or if these individuals may have walked out of my life, I wouldn't have found my purpose in my destiny in life. I wouldn't have been able to, 
you know, pray over my, you know, the deliverance of my sister and my unborn niece and my mother. You know, these different things, they happen because these individuals, even when they tried to walk away, the Lord didn't let me walk away. He He had me kept fighting for the people that I love, the people in my family. I understand it's different because these are like, these are neighbors or people you met at school. But Jesus never gave up on anybody. That's one thing about Jesus, and he's the strongest man to have ever lived, and he never gave up on anybody. So if you want to be strong, if you want to be more like Jesus, if you really want to truly prevail, you don't give up on people. You never give up on people. And I've noticed that a lot of times in our community, we are quick to give up on each other. You know, it takes a village. But if, you know, you're giving up on your people, when you're giving up on your community, how can you all look out for each other and make sure that each other is okay? And I think that overall, if you truly want to change the world, impact the world, it takes different measures like that to be taken in order to prevent that your child can even go to school and curses be put on them. Imagine that that, you know, community had a sense of community and was acting like a community. You know, they could have possibly come together and done different things in order to ensure that that woman's daughter got better grades in school, maybe studying or tutoring or extra time, you know, with the teacher, extra special attention. So she didn't have to reach for measures like witchcraft on someone else's child in order to see her child win, because how long do those results actually even last? It's not worth it. But that's why we need to come together as a community instead of walking away from each other or feeling like that's a blessing that someone walked out of your life because they were participating in different things like that. The fact of the matter is you want to believe well, you can't change the world. You can't stop everybody from doing that. It will be impossible. That's exhausting, you know, um, to even try and keep everybody from, you know, doing that or thinking that it's worth holding on or hanging on to somebody who you know, behaves in that manner, you're just causing yourself more pain and to ultimately not have made a difference at all. But um, that's how you change the world. That's how you impact the world. Because, I mean, I guess you could just pray over your child and you could do everything that you can to ensure that they don't fall into these situations. But there's still a great chance that they'll go to school and fall into these situations anyways. And, you know, the only way for us to truly feel like our children are safe in this world is to make the world a better place as a whole we have to come together we have to stop being divided allowing ourselves to be divided we have to not we have to not so easily give up on each other though you know the lord caused these individuals to walk out of their life you're not supposed to chase somebody down and force somebody to stay in your life but also it's just it feels like it's not that I had to chase these individuals down or force them to stay in my life, but I just had to not be willing to give up on them, keep praying for them, keep fighting for them spiritually. And ultimately, the Lord gave me an opportunity to be used as a vessel to see to it that they were delivered. You know, this situation may be, you know, a little bit more unique, as I've said, an exception because these different individuals involved in this situation, they wouldn't leave me alone. They kept pursuing me. They kept trying to kill me. They kept trying to use witchcraft to steal my destiny and to kill me. So they didn't leave me alone. It almost seemed as if it really wasn't no choice but for me to pray for them to receive deliverance because they weren't going to let up. But there were other options. I could have run away. I could have walked away. I could have never spoken to them again. I could have separated myself from them. I could have taken it as a sign that 
They're just not meant to be a part of my future. Excuse me. And then in result, you know, miss an opportunity for these different individuals to be lit, to be delivered and to experience the wonderful power of Jesus and also in the process have um possibly missed out an opportunity to find out what my destiny in life was. So this has been a confliction lately. Like, was I wrong for not, you know, believing the Lord and trusting him when he said, trust me, it's better for you to dwell in the Lord's peace forever. You know, never having left your hometown. I don't, I don't believe that I was wrong because in the process I received an assignment and the Lord has impacted people on such a large level. And um, I found my purpose in my destiny. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have found my purpose in my destiny in life. But I found my purpose in my destiny in a process. I think that the Lord was just trying to protect me from all of the heartache and all of the, you know, pain I would have had to deal with in the process because of at the hands of others, you know, in the process of finding my purpose in my destiny, in the process of these different things being exposed that were going into my life. The Lord is to be trusted. When he says, trust me, he can be trusted. So I know that, but it's the... um. It's the fact that, you know, in choosing the direction I chose, that's when I received the spiritual gift of wisdom. That's when the Lord promised me that all my heart's desires would be fulfilled. That's when I received my assignment. He moved in my life like he's never moved in my life before. That's when I was shown my future where things look completely different from the future he had previously shown me. Which it was a future that dwelled in the Lord and in the peace with the in peace with the Lord at all times. But you know, from the perspective of what I've seen, what I've learned right now, it seems as if that future may have been lukewarm actually. But I I know that's not true because the Lord would never support a lukewarm, you know, lifestyle. But um I don't know, like, I feel puzzled. I feel puzzled. Why would the Lord say, trust me on that future, you know, but now that he's shown me so much more, you know, it seems as if, if I go back to doing that, or if I go back to accepting that sort of future or living that kind of lifestyle, that I will be skipping out on my destiny, my purpose in life, not fulfilling it, you know, not becoming everything I'm called to be. And why upon only... Only upon not accepting that future and deciding that I'm going to, you know, trust in a limitless God to provide everything that I've desired to be in life. Only upon deciding that and, 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 and making my mind upon that and choosing that did I receive clear instructions, a clear assignment, my purpose and my destiny in the process, and the ability and opportunity to be used as a vessel to deliver my sister, my niece, and my mother, different individuals in my family. I believe my brother may be delivered in the process of this, different individuals, you know. So, um, why does this, why is this so confusing? It feels as if, you know, maybe I've made a mistake by not choosing that life. But I know that I didn't, you know. Is it the fact that you can't be careful in your destiny regardless? So it was just God already knew what I was going to choose, of course. But at the same time, I could have chosen that. And I still wouldn't have missed out on my destiny. So, 
you know, is it that the destiny change? You can change your destiny. It just doesn't feel like it, you know? So it, it's sometimes confusing, but somebody, somebody will try and simplify it and say, well, it was always your destiny to be exactly where you're headed. So you were, God knew that you were going to choose and make the decision that you made. He knew that it wasn't going to end up that way. But that would be, in a way, calling God deceptive because that means that he would have, you know, under false pretenses, shown me a future that I was never meant to even have that he knew I wouldn't choose. But in reality, he he would never do that. He would never show me that if it was a possibility, I could have gone in that direction. So, um, I don't know. I don't know, but it feels like the Lord is showing me not to give up my people in this, with this direction is consistent of, you know, he says that they're going to be a rapture in my lifetime and every other promise he's made me is panning out to be true. So, um, as far as the rapture, you know, if I had chosen the other direction in life, would I have made it in the rapture? That's another big question I've had because it seems as if throughout this process it's taken so much work and I've had to grow and I've had to, you know, be transformed in such a way that, you know, I never would have dreamed of being transformed in. And maybe it seems as if the circumstances back home wouldn't have supported. Not that I want to speak for that. I, maybe it would have just been easier for me. I wouldn't have faced as much adversity or as many obstacles or hindrances. But, um... The transformation that has been, you know, that has been done in my life is like, that's what's encouraging, you know, my spot in a rapture, my spot in the rapture. So if I hadn't gone in this direction, would I have been raptured? You know, and, and if I was going to be raptured anyways, and that means do I really even have to do anything now? You know, I could really just run away and I don't have to complete this assignment. And I still be raptured, you know, if that really is the case. I don't know. But um, it can't be about a rapture while I'm doing this. It can't be because of rewards while I'm doing this. It can't be because of the blessings while I'm doing this. I have to be doing this because this is just truly, you know, fulfillment of my heart's desires. This is who I want to be. I'm doing it because the Lord is worthy to be praised because he's number one in my life. And I know that he wants souls to be saved. And I just want to, you know, I want to be the hero I never had. So that's what it's about, really. And if it ever doesn't become about that, then the Bible says that be a cheerful giver. So if I'm not cheerful in giving, you know, this service of myself, then, you know, of course the Lord would not, you know, convict or condemn me if I decided to go and do something else, something much less. It feels as if it's impossible to go back now after everything that's happened, but um, if I feel like that's best for me, I, I'm, that's what I'm going to do because it's it's just become, it's come to the point where like the stress and the worry has me so sick. It has me so sickly and so um, down and out. That um, I'm feeling like, you know, the Lord can't possibly want this for my life. I serve a great God, and he wouldn't want this for my life. Even though so much great things have come out of it, 
I can I refuse to be pulled away from God completely due to these circumstances. So if I have to go back to what it was and I have to not fulfill certain desires, then that's fine with me. But the Lord has already made me a promise that he's going to fulfill every desire in my heart along with the wisdom that he's given me. So I don't necessarily know if I truly believe that it's ever meant or destined to go in that direction. But um, I guess we'll see because I really feel like it comes down to whatever direction I go in is really what was destined to happen. I don't have to force anything. And um, not to mention after the deliverance, my sister, she, saw, she showed no remorse for everything that she put me through. And she said arrogantly, she said, yeah, whatever. You're going to end up in a suburban home. You know, you're going to end up in a house in the suburbs anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Different things like that. I think I heard her say that. And um, I was like, I remember hearing it and I was like, wow, that's crazy because the Lord had already shown me that. But um, I mean, that's okay with me, but it just feels like if that's what, the, what that was the case, well, wouldn't it have ended here? Why is it still continuing? Why is it still going on? Why am I still going through this? If I was meant to end up in the house of the suburbs after your deliverance, and it feels like everything would have stopped then, but it's still going, it's still continuing. So who knows really what will happen? Um, I do want to add that when the Lord showed me these big driveways, this mansion, this fancy lifestyle, this famous lifestyle, it doesn't feel as if he was confirming that I would ever have that or be that or do that. You know, and maybe that was the warning he was trying to give me. But um, at the same time, you know, does it feel like the Lord would take me all the way through all of these loops in order to bring me right back for, to jump when I could have stayed there? Yes, if you don't listen to your heart, Nick. But also at the same time, he's promised all my heart's desires be fulfilled. So it's a great possibility that he's actually going to provide the fame and the fortune, etc., all these different things, everything I've ever wanted in life. But then again, there's still a possibility I may still end up in the suburbs. Like he said, maybe I'll give it all back. Maybe I won't want to keep it. I don't know. Maybe it'll just be too much for me. I don't know. But um, i seen the driveway. It's almost as if it was mine. But that, you know, doesn't confirm anything because that future in the suburbs, never having left my hometown, felt like it was mine too. And I already left my hometown, so there's no possible way that could be truth. But the suburb, the suburban lifestyle could still be possible. Because I could just go back to the suburbs, you know. But never having left my hometown and just getting a social worker job, I mean, it's still possible. I don't know. But I did leave my hometown, so I don't know. Maybe it'll feel like I never did. But, um, I don't know what this means. I know that right now, you know, it's it's like a prophecy being fulfilled on a bird demon and Leviathan snake. And then, you know, the prophecy states that I am to kill this demon which and free these millions of people. And um, that's going to happen. So it's like all these promises that the Lord has made, it just doesn't feel right. Or just doesn't feel like it's possible for them not to happen the way that the Lord has promised for them to happen. But um, it's amazing how the Lord manifests different things and brings them to pass. And that's me doing everything I can not to feel as if I'm questioning his goodness, his truth, and that he can be trusted.